and we will continue the sermon series, The Mission. Someone forgot something. <laughs> All good. Uh, so, so the mission. So we have a mission. And the mission we're talking about is this mission that we have from Jesus. So, so Jesus, as, as he leaves, Jesus says, make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. So we have this mission. And so we, we've been seeing this story of the disciples. And when we see it, 12 disciples, and then, and then the day of Pentecost, we see that growing. We see um, the disciples having, having miracles and be able to, to heal people. And we see more expansion. And today we're going to look further at this idea of God's kingdom expanding. And it reminds us of the parable of Jesus that many of you are probably familiar with. It's a parable of a mustard seed. So Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Mustard seed being, being very small. And so you plant that and it grows into something big. So that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's this small thing that grows into something really big. And so we're starting to see that. And today we're going to look at Acts chapter 8, where we see this uh, expansion continuing. So today we're going to look at some different stories about disciples going out. So we'll kind of see this geographical change, but also just a change of who the message is going to. And the lesson for us here, the lesson that I want you to, to be thinking about is where can we continue to expand the message? Where can we continue to expand God's kingdom? Too often we can think, it's, it's been out there. The, the, the gospel, it's, it's been around the world, and it's on TV shows, and it's on this, and it's on that. People know, and if, if, they, if they wanted to, they could find the information. But our mission continues. There are people in this world who maybe they've heard it, but it hasn't sunken in yet. There's people who, who maybe heard it before, but walked away. And there's people who have never felt God's true love and how much God loves them. So our mission continues. And as we go through the scriptures, especially as we go through stories like this, we, we read stories about the disciples, about Jesus, not because we want to do the exact same thing, but we want to understand the principles. What did they do? How did they go about doing it? What are the principles there we can learn? And then how can we apply it? So today we're going to look at several stories. And so each, each story, uh, I'll, I'll read a few verses, and we'll pause and we'll reflect. How, how, what did we learn from this? What did we see people doing? And then how can we do the same? And again, this is about expanding God's kingdom. So where we left off last week, we had um, people appointed to help the, the widows. And so you have kind of a more church structure there. And then you have Stephen, who goes in front of the council and, and has this long uh, speech about the history of Israel. And now you have the Jewish leaders being really upset. So upset that they, they take him out of the building and they stone him to death. And that's where we pick up the story, right there. And then, so Saul is there. And Saul approved of his execution. We'll talk more about Saul next week. But Saul was there, approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen 
and made great lament, lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entered house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So we see opposition growing. And so we, we've seen a few chapters ago, the, the Jewish leaders were, were telling Peter and John, hey, st- stop this preaching stuff. But they continued. And, and so now it's, it's becoming more. It's, it's now real persecution, so much so that people are, 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 are leaving, are leaving the region. And at this point, we don't know the exact number, but we've had uh, some numbers throughout the book of Acts where you have 3,000 here, 2,000 here, and so many more being added day by day. And so this ends up being a big crowd of people who are now either in prison or, or, or they're being scattered. And in a few verses, we'll see what happens when they're scattered. But we had this persecution that is now becoming really real for people. And they have the choice. And, and we really don't see, we see a few different options for people. We see people who are fleeing. We see people thrown in prison. But we don't see a lot of people who are like giving it up and saying, you know, I believe this Jesus guy, but these Jewish authorities have, have kind of scared me straight and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go back. We don't see that. We see Jesus transforming lives and people sticking with that. And so for us, we need to understand sometimes things are going to be really hard for us on a spiritual level. And, and, and luckily we live in a country where, where, that, where that isn't going to happen anytime soon, at least we hope. But there, there, are, there are things that can happen that are going to be bumping against us spiritually. And we need to stand true to that. Stick with Jesus in that. It can be easy to say, well, it's getting hard. I'm going to give it up. But stick with him. Because this is what happens next. So so people are are, are afraid. They're leaving. Here's what happens. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to a city of Samaria and proclaimed them the Christ. Proclaimed to them to the Christ. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. So we have people, because of persecution, start scattering. So they start going to Samaria. They start going to other places. And what do they do? They preach the word. So you have these Jewish leaders try, trying to just stop this, trying to say, hey, we have, we're the powerful and authority people here. We're, we're just going to stop it. All right, We're going to throw people in jail. We're going to intimidate them. And then we're just going to squash this. And through actions of persecution, people scatter And then we see expansion. We see God's word being spread to more and more places. So again, it goes back to sometimes God works through tragedy. Sometimes God works and he shows up and we see where God helps us when things are tough. And we we, we think it's the end of the road. But God's saying, no, let me provide something for you. Or, or, or there's no, there's, there's more mission here. Or there's hope in this situation. And so we see that. And so we see Philip. 
who, who goes out. And so he's in Samaria. And, and the, the short uh, explanation here is that Jews and Samaritans did not get along. And when we go back to Jesus in Acts chapter 1, and he says, going out to Jerusalem, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And in this chapter, we start to see more of that. Where so far, most of it has happened in Jerusalem, and now we see it's expanding. So now it's in Samaria. And Jews and Samaritans were, were slightly different, uh, believed the Jewish God, but believed it in certain different ways, and, and were slightly dif- different uh, ethnicity-wise. And so this is, again, an expansion. New people being brought in. So Philip goes there and has what we see so many times what Jesus is doing. So different, different signs there, um, casting out unclean spirits, um, and paralyzed and lame healed. And so we see again and again what Jesus did, the disciples doing the same thing. And it sounds so familiar to us because we see that in the Gospels. When Jesus does it, and then here Philip does it. And again, as we'll see in this chapter again and again, it brings joy. So we see this act of the kingdom where sometimes man tries to scare you and cause you to be afraid. But then through God, if we believe in God and have faith in him, that leads us to joy. Not meaning that all the bad stuff goes away, but through God's plan, there's joy there in the end. And so you have people being scattered, you have Philip going out there, and you move from being afraid to people rejoicing and being filled with joy. So a little more happens here that continues to confirm expansion and that these people belong. There's a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was someone great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May may your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this manner, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall and bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. And when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. And so here we have, in the book of Acts, you see the Spirit 
and the Spirit coming on people. So we had the day of Pentecost where it came on, on the d- disciples, and we, we see other people. And this is a sign that people belong, that, that God's Spirit is falling on them. They're, they're, they're a part of this. They've been baptized not only into the name of Jesus, but also into the Holy Spirit. Again, indication. These people belong. These people are part of God's mission. And you see Simon the magician, who, who believes but has this misguided notion that he wants to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we don't know his backstory. Um, we can assume that his magic is, has maybe something to do with the occult. Um, and so then he, he understands a little bit about power, but on the other side. And then he sees the power of the Holy Spirit and goes, wow, that's real power. I, I want that power. But he wants it not because he loves Jesus and wants to proclaim Jesus, but he has this idea of, this continues to make me great. That he li- I feel like he's the person who likes the attention, he's able to do these miracles, he ha- has all these people paying attention to him, and then Philip comes and has more power than he does. And he's intrigued by that, but his heart isn't in the right place. Now, at the end of the story, we, we think he's getting there. I really hope we, that he, he did. But he's confused by that. And what he's confused by is that he doesn't understand that the Holy Spirit is invaluable. You, you, you can't put a price tag on that. There's not enough money in the world that equates to that. And so it cheapens it if you say, even if, if the biggest sum you can think of and say, I'm going to put that in for the Holy Spirit, it's not enough. So he's misguided in that. This is a message for each one of us. I don't think any of us are trying to, to buy the Holy Spirit. We're not getting out our checkbooks here. Hey, can I, I want to buy more of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we try and purchase more of God through our good works. We try and earn it. We try and say, if I do all these good things, then God's going to love me more. I'm going to get more of the Holy Spirit or, or that somehow I'm going to be on, on the better side of things. And we make these um, maybe... Um, Try to make these little contracts with God saying, well, if I do this, this, and this, can I, can I get this and this? And, and we, we try and justify in our own mind that somehow we've earned salvation, we've earned the Holy Spirit, that we've done enough so that we've done some of it. And that's, we, we, we get misguided the same way that Simon does. And that we want to have something that we've done to earn it. So for him, it was his own money so that he can earn it. And for us, we get trapped in that same thing as well. You can't earn it. You just got to accept it. It's a free, free gift. We just have to accept it. So that God loves each and every one of you. And it's a free gift of salvation, free gift of God's Holy Spirit. And again, that leads to joy. It leads to salvation. So now we get to another story, and this one we'll, we'll read and then we'll unpack because there's, there's so many interesting parts with this story. So this is Philip now, who, who he was in Samaria, and now he's going to be directed somewhere else to talk to a specific person. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go to the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come down 
to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before his shearer is silent, so that he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he passed through, he preached the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So here we, we have a lot of things to unpack, so I'm just going to back it up, and we're going to unpack just the first part and explain who, who these people are. All right, so you have Philip, and here we have an angel of the Lord. So, so you have an angel. So we, in this story, interesting tidbit, I don't know why, we have an angel commanding him at first, and then later on we see the Holy Spirit doing some stuff. So wh- why is it different? Why is there an angel here? Why is it the Spirit later? I don't know, but, but it's interesting. To, to note, but the, the thing that we can learn is that when God tells us something, go and do it. Be paying attention, be understanding. If it's an angel that's telling you something from God, go ahead and do it. If the Holy Spirit, go ahead and do it. That's what we see Philip here, but it's an interesting part of the story. So he goes down, and then there's this Ethiopian eunuch. So let's talk about who this guy is, okay? So Ethiopia, as is listed here, isn't quite Ethiopia as we know it today. This is more of a kingdom that would be in modern-day Sudan. So this would be right below Egypt. So big kingdom, powerful kingdom during this time in history. And so he's also a eunuch. And so a eunuch is uh, someone who is castrated, usually by you know, um, the, the kingdom, for a number of reasons. And so um, this was common practice in, in ancient, ancient Near East uh, cultures, and they did this for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, kings had their harems, and they wanted people to protect them, but they didn't want guys to protect them who would be sexually active. And so they would castrate them so that they could protect the harem. They also did it for their own uh, protection. And so the idea was the king, he, he wants eunuchs around him who wouldn't have a chance to build their own family. And so they'd be less likely to try and start some sort of coup or try and get him out of there because if they became king, they couldn't pass it on to their own children. And so you have a few things there. Now, the term eunuch here in in some way just refers to a government official. And so we don't know for sure. It it can be referred to in both times. So it could could be someone who's castrated, could not, but 
um, from this passage, I think that it is, uh, but interesting to note that sometimes it's just used to refer to a government official. And then we have Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. And that's uh, not a name, it's more of a title. And so in the same way that we would look at a leader of Egypt as the pharaoh or a leader of, of Rome, a Caesar, the leader of these Ethiopian people, the queen was the Candace. And the interesting part about their culture is, like some other cultures, they thought that the king was, was the, a deity and kind of the son of the sun god. And so in this culture, you had the king who was the god. So he, 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 he was uh, too good to like, do anything. So, so he just kind of relaxed all day. He, he was the god. And then it was the wife, the, the Candace, who was then in charge of everything about r- running and ruling the kingdom. So, so many, many women here are like, yes, of course, that's how it works. You, know? uh, you have the, the, this Candace. And so you have the Candace who's, who's ruling this. And the interesting thing is we have this guy who's from you know, south of Egypt. He is then in Jerusalem worshiping. And we don't know why. Did, did, is he someone who's traveling around, maybe part of this you know, job with the treasury? that he's traveling around, maybe making deals or collecting money or something like that, and then he runs into Jewish people and is converted, or part of his journey is in Jerusalem, and so he uh, is converted there. But he's, he's going to Jerusalem to worship. And we see him, and then he's seating in his chariot, and he's reading Isaiah. Now, we, we think this is, this is normal practice, but you'd have to be very, very wealthy to own your own scroll of Isaiah. So it's very likely he was in Jerusalem, and he purchased his own scroll. And these, these, of course, are all handwritten, and, and uh, so very expensive and very valuable. So he's got his own, and he's reading this. And then we see uh, God saying, hey, Philip, get up there. And so Philip is kind of running up to this thing. It's kind of a, a funny scene that you have this official. He's in this chariot. You can imagine there's probably other people around him. And then this guy just kind of runs up. He's like, hey, what you reading? So it's kind of this, this weird story and a kind of a weird picture. And, and again, for us, sometimes God says, hey, go do this. And it looks weird. And we go, what, what can I do here? Running up to this chariot? What, they may try and kill me. You know, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. So it seems weird, but God has a purpose. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit of faith and saying, yep, I'm going to go for it. It looks a little weird. I don't understand what God's asking me to do here, but I'm going to go for it. And you may wonder, well, how did Philip know what he was reading? And it was common practice during this time that whenever you'd read, you'd read out loud. That's actually more of a modern-day thing to read silently. So any, anybody during this time would be reading. Anytime they'd read anything, they'd be reading out loud. So he's overhearing him reading Isaiah. And then, of course, we, we, we are familiar with those verses in Isaiah because we end up reading those a lot around Christmas time, but also around uh, Easter, where it's, we're seeing Jesus being sacrificed here. And so he uses these verses, Philip does, to start, he starts here and explains all of Jesus, explains who Jesus is. And so in this chariot ride, the Ethiopian says, yes, I believe. And they come across some water and says, I want to be baptized. And it's this great question. What's preventing me, basically, from being baptized? And we don't see Philip's response. We just see it with his action of, yeah, let's do it. 
So there's nothing preventing him from being baptized and being part of this community. So we see this continued expansion of the kingdom. And so we see it in Jerusalem. We saw it with Samaria. And now we see this guy who would be considered for, you know, someone uh, in Jerusalem, almost the ends of the earth. If you're looking kind of beyond Egypt down there, this kingdom. And he's a eunuch that, according to, you know, some Old Testament uh, laws, he may not be able to go into the temple. And so there's uh, certain restrictions there because of where he's at physically. He's a different race from a different nation. But guess what? Can he be baptized? Yes. Is he a part of it? Yes. God was directing Philip to say, this guy, he's part of it. The lesson for us, don't ever think that there's someone out there that, no, they, they can't be a part of this. Every single person out there is part of this thing. It's part of this mission. You may think, oh, th- those people are they're too far gone. They, they believe this and this, or, or they, they, they're, they've, they've spent their whole life being an atheist. That I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time with them. We may put these thoughts in our mind of, oh, no, that, that, that person is just it's not going to work, or, or they're, they're too far gone, or, or they believe this and this, or they've lived their life in this way, and we think they're kind of outside. Well, let, let's pick someone else to, to have the mission for. But that's not the case. God's mission is for everyone. You think Philip left that morning thinking, yeah, there's going to be some Ethiopian eunuch that I'm going to convert. No. But that's what happened. And so never have anything that, that prevents you. Always ask God, hey, let me, let me have your eyes for these people. Because everyone is part of this mission. Now, we, we, we don't have the scriptures that tell us what happens with this eunuch, but based on kind of uh, church history and, and church tradition, is that he goes to Egypt and starts planting churches and maybe been part of the, the Coptic church in Egypt. And so he, he went and started. And that uh, interesting story that he may not have gone back uh, to Ethiopia here because um, he has belief in the true son of God and if he's trying to serve a king that believes he's the son of God, it may not have, have worked out very well. But church tradition has him going in Egypt and starting churches there. And so you see God expanding. And you see Philip obeying God, even though it sounds a little weird. And then you have this eunuch that goes and starts churches. And so one conversation leads to churches in Egypt, that may continue to this day. So things expand. And so for us, we want to be continuing that expansion. How many of you, uh, raise your hand, if you've done any um, kind of looking at your ancestry, maybe ancestry.com, or done some family trees and done some of that research? I've done that. I find that so interesting to, to go back and you look at, okay, yeah, my... My great-grandparents, they're the ones that, that came from the Netherlands and they came to the U.S. and then lived here. And, and, and then you can start tracing it back. And it's so interesting to see that, to see where, where you're from and, and where your ancestors lived and what they did. But imagine if we could 
go back and instead of your family tree, kind of the faith tree of you became a Christian because so-and-so said something to you. And, and then, and then who, who, who was the person for them? And go back and back and back and back. And it goes back to Jesus and the disciples. But imagine this journey of some disciple somewhere talked to someone in this town and started a church. And then that grew and that became some, one of your ancestors or kind of you know, goes around the world and maybe in a sense. And so-and-so believed and they told someone else and told someone else. And then eventually it came to you. Just imagine that journey of faith. Except for the last 2,000 years, things have happened, maybe just like Philip here, where it's miraculous, where God's directing someone somewhere to do something. And so maybe hundreds of years ago, something like this happened for one of your ancestors or someone who eventually ended up kind of working its way down to you. That throughout history, God has been doing these miraculous things and it's led to you. That expansion, don't let it stop with you. It's been happening for 2,000 years. It's come to you. Continue it on. Continue it on because you might have one conversation with someone and it changes their life. And then it cascades from there that they end up talking to someone else and someone else and someone else. And by what you do, maybe it was us handing out a bottle of water last week. Maybe that changes someone's mind and that changes their life and the life of their families and their friends. And generations down the line, thousands of people are changed because of a bottle of water. Don't let that expansion, don't let the kingdom stop with you. Remember, this is, a, this is a mustard seed thing. It starts sm- so small and then grows. Be that seed for someone else. Continue the expansion. Follow the, the, the path here of let's listen to what God's saying. Go for it. Bring it back to Jesus. We have an opportunity to expand this. Don't think that anyone is excluded from this. Don't think they're too far gone. Continue the expansion. And follow the Holy Spirit in that. Please rise. Lord, we praise you that you are a God of the kingdom that can take what is so small and grow it. And we thank you that somewhere way back when someone evangelized and shared with someone and eventually that came to us. Lord, thank you so much for the way that you work and that we have an opportunity to continue this in our own lives. Lord, open our eyes so we can see other people as you see them. Not as that they're too far gone, but that they're loved by you. That they're worthy of your love. Allow us to see people in that way. Lord, allow us to have opportunities to talk to people, to bring people your good news. Allow us to continue the expansion of your kingdom. We don't want it to stop here with this group. We want it to expand further and further on so that more and more people know you. Empower us with your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit now. Empower us with more and more of who you are so that we can continue this expansion. Continue 
to increase your spirit, continue to increase your kingdom. Empower us to do that, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.